It's Thanksgiving Day here in the U.S. Today is a day for us to be grateful. I am grateful for the people I've spoken to at the store, the post office, at church, even in the parking lot, and to those who have reached out via email to share the impact these conversations are having on you. It's also important to remember that the holidays are not happy for everyone. You may have lost someone special to you and are experiencing the holidays without them for the first time. Or you may not have the best holiday memories, be estranged from or not care for your family. That's okay. Give yourself permission to take care of yourself this holiday season. Find a way to relax, have some fun, and connect with those you care about. Consider volunteering at a soup kitchen or homeless shelter or find an organization that could use an extra pair of hands. Get out of your head and do something for someone else. It will lift your spirits. Here is a bonus episode to thank you for listening. Wisdom in the Finale Part 3 features the brilliance of Tamara McDuff, Laurel Nelson, Rock Caster, Delina Harper, and Heather and Ben Lee. They share their responses to the finale questions. We end the episode with the wisdom and brilliance of recurring guest, Michelle Westcott. If you're looking for a one-size-fits-all, easy approach to changing your life, this is not the podcast for you. However, if you're ready for a change, then you are in the right place. Listen to conversations that are real, raw, compelling, thoughtful, and believe it or not, fun. I'm Linda Healer, professional certified coach and host of the Normal Lies podcast. During my 10 years of coaching, I have helped dozens of people change their lives simply by questioning the beliefs they thought were true. It's time to let go of stress and anxiety and be excited to get out of bed in the morning. Life doesn't have to be so heavy. It's your turn to uncover the normal lies in your life. The first one is the most important thing I learned or best piece of advice I received when I was younger is... The best piece of advice that always comes up for me is don't be long where you don't belong. So if you are, you know, feeling like you're unwanted somewhere, you're worth more than that. So stop wasting your energy trying to make somebody like you or somebody love you or somebody accept you. If it's not happening, just move on. Don't be long where you don't belong. Welcome discomfort. It can be your greatest teacher. And rock. I would say spiritual growth is not an option. Treading water is drowning. Unless you're swimming towards shore, you're not going to make it. The principles and values that were instilled in me, like work ethic, being open-minded, most importantly, humility, and just the ability to ask for help. My parents instilled all of that in me as a child, and somewhere along the way, I faltered and forgot that. But those are some of the things that I got reconnected to back in recovery, when I came to recovery. It's 
especially the, the ability to ask for help, which a lot of people think is a weakness. And I think it's a strength. So I was very lucky when I, I got a lot of advice, <laughs> Some, a lot of it unsolicited. But the thing <laughs> I think I learned for myself is I was so lucky to have joined the military because it immediately at 19, 18 years old, put me out of my house, out of my state to another place where I had access to a lot of people that I would have not ever met if I had stayed in my little town in New Mexico. And then through the military, I was able to travel. So first I was in Chicago and then I was in Virginia and then Sicily, which is like mind blowing. And from Sicily, you can travel anywhere in Europe. And Ben and I have sort of continued that love of travel. And partially it's because it's cool <laughs> to see how different people live, but I think it, it changes how you perceive the world because it, it just makes, I don't, I always say it makes the world smaller. It makes things less strange and more familiar. And it's just, it's cool to see that somebody in Paris, France walks their dog the same way that we do, or, you know, has to, has to help their father through the aging process. Just like we do. I just, I like that stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Okay. And Ben, how about you? What's the most important thing you learned or best piece of advice you received when you were younger? Well, I, I, one of the, I guess I'll put it this way. One of the things that stuck out with me that I remember more than a lot of other things was something that my zoology teacher in high school said to me, Mr. Barlow. He was one of those teachers that you just really connect with and you just really enjoy. And I, I didn't have a lot of great relationships with a lot of people or, or teachers in general, uh, but I, I just really enjoyed his company and what he taught. And so one day I walked, waltzed into class and I said, hey, Mr. Barlow, how you doing? And he smiled at me and he said, you know, Ben, do you know how you tell who your friends are? It's not the ones that ask you how you're doing. It's the ones that stick around to find out. And that just really struck me as, I don't know if he meant it to be as profound as it was, but it really made me think about how important relationships are and what it takes to maintain them, that you really do have to listen to people um, and that you really got to give a lot and relationships are work and it's about listening and, you know, just, just really working at them to make them as best they can be. The second one is one lie that I wish I discovered sooner is. One lie I wish I discovered sooner is I wish I had discovered the, the lie about me not being worthy. You know, I tell myself all the time, I'm not, I'm not worthy. I'm, I'm not enough. Mm. And, and I wish I had conquered that demon earlier or sooner. I am not responsible for half the things that I believe are my responsibility. My goal is to not be any kind of generator or creator. The best I'll ever be is a channel of the flow that is ever present and always available. But when I try to generate out of my energy, things get weird in a hurry. If the energy is coming from me, it's, it's generally not going to be healthy. Better to allow what's already available to flow through me. Okay. And Laurel, what's one lie that you wish you discovered sooner? Well, it kind of connects to your son's story in that 
I had this big debate, I remember, with a high school teacher who I loved and who has been very influential on me. But he told me it didn't matter what college I went to, or even if I went to college. But he said, you know, you can go to community college and get the exact same thing you, you'll get from a liberal arts school, because I was just bound and determined to go to a fancy liberal arts school that I felt like would teach me how to think. And, and I thought that was just really important value to me. But now I think I've, I've really completely reevaluated that and seen so many people thrive, figuring out their path a little differently. It doesn't have to be the four-year school that you spend who knows how much money these days on. I don't regret it because there were a lot of great things that came out of it, but it certainly was a lie that I held in my head at that time. That I really am an awesome human being with my flaws, my quirkiness, my blemishes, and all. I would have to go back to what we talked about for the that fulfillment aspect of it. I wish I would have learned sooner that being an automotive technician is not a fallback career. I wish I would have known sooner that it can be just as fulfilling as anything else I've done in my life. All right. And Heather, what's one lie that you wish you discovered sooner? So right now, the thing that's been on my mind as a healthcare worker, so sorry, veering off, um, <laughs> is, is the idea of resiliency. Um, it's huge. It's, a, it's always, you know, how to be more resilient, how to, you know, it's, it's almost like a badge of honor to be resilient. And what, what it means is to like bounce back right after a setback or a stress event. Well, how many times can we bounce back? And so I just kind of feel like we're being asked to continually bounce back. And I don't think you can, and sometimes you can bounce fully back. So I think the why is that you either can, you either are resilient or you aren't. You're either tough enough for this or you're too weak. And so, sorry, I think really that there's a spectrum of resiliency. And there are my 12 hour shift days where I'm resilient, you know, off and on. And it just kind of goes through a spectrum depending on what's going on. And sometimes I'm really great all day and sometimes I'm really not all day. But I think that I wish I would have known that I didn't have to be all or nothing when it comes mm. to that. Next is the thing that makes you authentically you is... The fact that I don't hide that I'm a hot mess. <laughs> I, sh I show up in whatever form you get me for the day. You know, I do it in, in my business. I mean, I, I am professional enough to pull it together for, for things that I need to pull it together. I mean, after Emily's memorial service, I did a, uh, a panel discussion on social media and digital marketing and people are like, you don't have to do that, but it helped me. And so I just show up in all the hot mess glory that I am. <laughs> whatever given day, whatever form that takes, <laughs> you know? Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And, and I, and the other thing is John Bon Jovi. Yes. Yes. I tell stories about John Bon Jovi all the time because yes. I think he's a really good marketing and business case study, Yeah, you know, and you know, I've grown to like the man. So uh, grown to like the man. Okay. We're going to leave it there. So. <laughs> so, all right, Laurel, we're going to go back to you. So the thing that makes you authentically you is my deep desire to connect with people and um, build community. Nice. And rock. I think the unique 
background that my family, I was one of six children, but three of us were struck by a rare genetic illness called Batten's disease, which starts with blindness, perfectly normal. At five or six, you, you start to lose your eyesight. 10 or 11, I had two brothers and a sister with this. Seizures become part of the equation. And by late teens, early 20, you are kind of immobilized where, where slowly you kind of revert to almost like a vegetable state. So I was three of six children that lived and it really um, has reframed the way I look at life. I mean, I think I used to have survival guilt. Now I have survivor's joy. I look at life like the ability to see to me is huge. Like use my eyes. I, I want to live every little bit of life I can, you know, knowing that I had two brothers that would have loved to have the opportunities that I have. And at times it's, it's kind of overwhelming, but it's also like definitely makes myself and my two healthy sisters like, whoa, we are going to, we are going to live, man. We are going to live. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The thing that makes you authentically you is. I think my ability to see all aspects of the coin, the argument, the debate, which helps me to connect with other people. I have a great ability to connect with people on different levels and just meet them right where they're at. And that, and that comes from me being able to see all sides. You know, people think I'm playing devil's advocate sometimes, but no, I, I really understand the other side, the other side. Heather, we're back to you now. Oh, first. No. Okay. <laughs> so the thing that makes you authentically you is... So, I mean, I think a big thing is my attention to detail. So I am really detail oriented. Like I will edit a page and I will point out and nitpick every single thing. I will watch a TV show and I can, you know, script supervise. All of that would be great. (laughs) Point out all the problems. But I think where that it helps me is just like being in a room with a patient. I can kind of read them because I can pay attention to how they're, how they're acting and, and, and I can see symptoms that maybe they didn't even tell me about. So I think that's a really helpful, helpful thing in, in that part of my career, but also like in the writing, I mean, cause I pay attention to everything. So I get a thousand writing ideas a day, really, which mm. is so fun for when I <laughs> nitpick you. Right. I know. <laughs> okay. And Ben, what's the thing that makes you authentically you? I would probably say my sense of humor, because if I'm not trying to make you laugh, it's probably because I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love hearing other people laugh. I love to make people laugh. Uh, I love laughing myself. So I, I think I have a lot of fun in life with that. And then finally, if you had a magic wand that would make everyone in the world believe one thing, it would be that you matter. You are enough. And you have all that you need. You are fully resourced. You have everything you need, but you matter. And don't let anybody tell you that you don't. We're back to rock. You answer first. So this is, this is our final question. If you had a magic wand that would make everyone in the world believe one thing, it would be. I would say I might change. I'm going to slightly tweak the word believe. And my magic wand is going to 
reshape the lens. So I'm going to change the word believe to see. If, I could, if they could see one thing, I would say, I'm going to quote Richard Rohr, my guru, you're never going to think your way into a new way of living, but you can live your way into a new way of thinking. It's the living that will reframe your mind, not the thinking. Nice. Experience is the teacher. Yeah, yeah, got it. Okay, and Laurel, what are you going to do with your magic wand? I'm going to ask people to really own the concept that your body and your mind and your heart are all connected and to work on nurturing all three of those together. Believe in themselves. And with that comes self-acceptance. And with self-acceptance comes us accepting others just as they are. When we accept ourselves on a deeper level, we're able to accept others and look past the differences, the hatred, the bigotries, the biases, and all of that gook. So I would say believing in ourselves is within, again, which leads to self-acceptance. I think that's what I would weigh with my little magic wand. That is beautiful. Well, I would wave it ferociously. Yes. <laughs> and we're going to go back to Ben first on this one. Okay. So I've obviously we've been listening to a lot of your guests answer and there are some incredible answers for this one. And part of me just wanted to take all of them, <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to come up with something different. So I just assumed that their wands all worked and everybody needs to learn something different. <laughs> so I guess my answer would be that losing an argument is the closest we can get to winning. The person that loses the argument is the only person that learns something new. It's the only way to grow and it's okay to be wrong. We have to be wrong if we want to grow. Wow. Very profound. How about you, Heather? If you had a magic wand that would make everyone in the world believe one thing, what would it be? So I don't know how apropos this is for like, you know, third world countries because they're probably struggling with other things. So maybe, you know, partially remember those guys, but I think we, we strive so hard to be perfect. Like every minute we're always Instagram ready. We arrange our food so that it's photo worthy and it's exhausting and it's not interesting. If people could just be who they are, it's so much more interesting that way. Do you think I should continue with those finale questions or should I come up with different ones? Ooh, I think you should come out with different ones for season two. Okay. Especially if you have another guest from season one, maybe you're going to update something or whatnot. It'll, it'll be nice to hear them answer new questions, but I think, yeah, I think new questions in season two. Okay. So now I'm going to ask you, what questions would you like me to ask? Mm. What, what are your suggestions? I don't. Let me think on it. Let me think on it. I'm I'll put you, you on the spot. What's one? Oh, Come up gosh. with one. I'm going to have <laughs> All you. Right, okay. Look, if you um, were, if you had just been listening to somebody or, or even just meeting, what, what would you like to know about them? Know. About how, what's a question so that you can understand maybe better how they think, or maybe their values or something like oh, that. Very, very interesting. Hmm. I'm stuck because I really do love the what's one lie that you have lived with. I, I love your season one question about the lie. So maybe I can keep that one. 
Yeah, I, I kind of feel like I, I want something that's as impactful. And then season one, you would ask what's authentically, who is yeah. authentically yeah. you? Yep. And then um, the magic wand question. Maybe the magic wand question could be a different question. Yeah, maybe it would be like, oh, you know what I, I really love? Zoe was asked a question in school, actually. And it, it just really got me thinking. So maybe something like this. If you could go to the present or to the future or to the past, where would you go? At, what time period would you go to and why? And Zoe's question was very different from her classmates, most of whom were white. And they were, oh, I'd want to go to the past and meet my grandparents and do this. And, oh, it'd be really cool to turn butter and whatnot. <laughs> Zoe said, I don't know where in the future I'd want to go, but I definitely want to go to the future because I don't want to go to the past and be a slave. <laughs> and that was her, that was her answer. She's like, I don't care where I go in the future but I definitely don't want to go to the past and be a slave. And like none of her, none of her colleagues had that as their potential lived experience. So I just thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that might be, that might be a fun okay. question. Excellent. Like where would you, or, or I like the question about if you were on a deserted Island, what three things would you bring? I think that that just really speaks to like, personalities of people and what they value and what's important to them or I think I've heard it like if you were on a deserted island and could bring one thing and one person who would it be and what would it be mm -hmm. or something like that and the, those are similar to the magic wand one I do like the the lie because that can change I wonder if you could start crowdsourcing ways to make change. So what's the one most important thing that you think we could change right now? And what, and what's a suggestion that we could all do today to do that? So like, if I said climate change is something that is the most important thing from that I'm thinking of or something. And, and I would actually have to come up with something that we could all do. We could turn our, we could turn lights off. We could turn our thermostat down. Like something that so it, it, it's almost giving your readers, your readers, your listeners an action item to make change. And maybe it's related to what the topic was. So like, if you were to ask me that question related to, gosh, we talked about a lot, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know, maybe I would say, you know what, I think one thing that I would love everyone to do to strengthen their community is utilize their public libraries. So go to your library every other week, twice a month. That's not a big ask. Check out a book at your public library. And that's something everyone could do. And then maybe all of your listeners would do it. And that would like create major change in the world, which would be awesome. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, be brave, be kind, be you.